up, church planners and all you fans of church planning? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm... What? I said hi. You said what's up, church planners? Oh, my gosh, Matt. You ruined my... Hi. This is the second week in a row my intro's been messed up. Oh, yeah, no. The first one was yours. Well, I know, but... All right, I'm going to start again. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again, dude. What? What's up, church planners and all you fans of church planning? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planner in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches a podcast by everyday church planners for the everyday church planner. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? How you What's doing? going on, buddy? Uh, not much, man. So it's we, kind of a rainy day. It is. Kind you know, glum. Th- yeah, it kind of is. This is my weather, though. I like this weather. Um I don't know why. I just always have. Ever since I was a little kid. You just like darkness and depression? Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Come to see you once again. All right. Well, it's no, losing I, our listeners. No, <laughs> no I, I like the... Uh, I don't know, man. I just have always liked it for some reason. I've always liked the rain. Um. So, yeah, I like the cooler weather, the rain. But, you know, it's like almost July, and it's still pretty cool out. But, you know... Hey, went to um, we have an annual homeschool track and field meet that I went to this past week, mm-hmm. where I roasted my legs unintentionally. Did it was pretty bad. It was a social media phenomenon. <laughs> I was telling I was telling you before we started. I don't get on Facebook anymore, but like uh, on Sundays, so I, I post things on there, but I don't check it out. But once a week. And uh, but I actually yesterday I went on there to message somebody and I actually saw I had like eighty people commenting and I told Eric I said it's amazing to me what people are always fascinated with I guess my sunburn legs well when you have when you post a picture <laughs> of your legs and it looks like third degree burns then it's gonna catch people's oh, attention dude it hurts so bad yeah yeah it hurts so bad but anyways um but that whole but it's starting to feel a little bit better um I can starting to be able to sleep again but yeah the uh. That homeschool track and field meet, man, it was so funny. I was texting you a little bit during that. Um, but just seeing some of those kids, you know, like, <laughs> like running like in those long, long ankle length jean skirts. Now, we probably have lots of homeschool I don't care. parents listening to the podcast. I don't care. So well, we homeschool our kids. <laughs> I'm not making fun of, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying, like, you know, um running like the hundred meter dash. Like a long ankle link jean skirt. Was there actually somebody doing Birkenstock that? sandal TV? Yeah, man, every year Birkenstock sandals. <laughs> with uh, this one kid, I was in charge of the soccer kick. This one kid dominated though. He had on like um, he had on like pleated uh, sh- uh dress shorts, mm-hmm. like pulled up pretty high with mm-hmm. dress shoes and uh, brown tube socks. All right, and he dominated that soccer kick, man. So all I'm saying is. If you want to be an athlete, you need to do that. No, you know what? It's always a fun time. My boys didn't want to do it this year. They're like, I don't want to do it this year. But Sienna is our athlete, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she wanted to do it. She did well. So she's good. Yeah, it was good. It's good times. It is good times. How was your week, buddy? Uh, it's been good, man. Um, yeah, just this is kind of our our last week before the like insanity of the summer starts. Mm-hmm. So we're going out of town here. Well, I guess by the time this episode airs, we'll have already come back from being out of town, which is kind of weird. Like you guys are going on. Uh, warp. You you guys are doing the Praetorian retreat, right? We are. Yeah, well, we're going to. I'm preaching for the first time at uh, our new church, Pillar, right. Pillar DC in Washington DC. And then after that, we've got the Praetorian Project retreat. Cool. 
And, uh, and then we'll come back here and we got two weeks here. we got a couple of missions teams coming in. We got a yeah. kids camp that we're kind of helping, um, busy, you know, that busy, helping Jermaine with, busy. and then we move. So then you gone, we you gone. gone, we gone. Yep. We so, gone. So yeah. So in the midst of that, somehow we're going to have to find some time to pack and, and all that. Just hire stuff. people. Well, no, we can't afford that. We're on a church planning budget. You know what, man, you can, um, we had some friends who did it and you can do it between like 800 and a thousand bucks. They'll pack you up for, oh, for, oh, I've got, they'll pack you up and move you. But I've got like tons of people I know that will come and do it for free. Well, that's true. You can have your church people do it. Yeah. I've got friends. Pastors are like, uh, if you love your pastor, don't do anything. Pastor appreciation month. Just help me move. Yeah. Yeah. People are, people are cool. They're nice about it. So yeah. everybody's, everybody's very willing to help. So I'm washing my beard that day. You're washing your beard that day. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. I see the support there. I'm feeling the love. Well, hey, let's uh, almost drop my paper. Let's jump into the topic this week. So we're going to be talking a little bit about personal discipleship. Nice. Uh, the kind of the, I guess, well, I just gave away that. Oh, gone it. I gave away the episode. I was going to I was try to be crafty. I was going to try to be crafty and have a hook, you know, for our, our listeners, because I'm going to title the episode, The One Thing You Have to Get Right. And I was going to leave people in suspense be like, oh, what's the one thing? And I just gave oh, it man. away. The one thing you've got to get right is personal discipleship. So Boom. I'm becoming more and more convinced that the one thing that we've got to get right in church planning is personal discipleship. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking a lot about this just because we're in the process of, you know, church plant number two now. Yeah. And as we've been, you know, we're we're going through core team meetings and it's a little bit different for us because we're we're planning a church that's comprised of two congregations that were that are merging together and being relaunched into a new church. Yeah. So, so we've got you know a large number of people relative to you know what you normally have in a core team meeting. Yeah, and I'm just trying to help us you know get vision and set DNA and all that stuff. And I'm just realizing more and more that like um, like there's a lot of, of things that, you know, we need to talk about and focus on, but this has become like my priority number yeah. one, a sure is personal discipleship. Um, and you know, Galatians chapter four and verse 19, Paul talks about how, um, he, he says, uh, um, my beloved children for whom I'm in labor pains until Christ is formed in you is what mm-hmm. he says. And so, you know, what Paul's talking about is like his greatest desire for yeah. the his disciples is that Christ would be formed in them, that they would grow into Christ's likeness. And we have a, you know, Seba Vasquez, who's our good friend. He's the discipleship yeah. strategist for the network up here, just a brilliant guy. Yeah. Um, when it comes to discipleship, and he he you know uh, kind of says that that's the heart of church uh, of a disciple maker right there. And I yeah. I agree with him. Yeah. I think that that expresses the ultimate goal of discipleship. And, you know, I think that we, we spent a lot of time focusing on preaching and on small groups yeah. and, and those are part of discipleship for sure. Cause like both of those things do help you do help people grow yeah. into Christ likeness, yeah. you know, but I think, you know, the number one thing that helps us grow into Christ likeness is that personal, um, discipleship one-on-one, one-on-two, yeah. uh, where, uh, Anybody can do it. It doesn't. Yeah. You don't have to have a teaching gift, right, uh, to be able to right. do that. Anybody can do it. And so, um, I just kind of wanted to, to talk about that because I yeah, think that we absolutely. struggle with that more than anything. Yeah, for sure. Churches. Well, if you look at, um, if you look at what, I mean, uh, 
you know, it's it's interesting. Fellowship Pickers Children's Ministry Director uh, posted something to our staff page uh, yesterday on Slack, and it was really good. She's reading a book right now, um, emphasizing discipleship, and uh, she, in, in the book, the author talks about how it's you know the the Great Commission doesn't say go and make converts, it says go and make disciples, mm-hmm. and we would like wholeheartedly agree with that. And so, you know, evangelism. He talks about that in there, and we've always said this as well. Evangelism, we we've traditionally separated the two: evangelism and discipleship. And so, evangelism is always an invitation to discipleship. Evangelism is always an invitation to take the next step to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, yeah, we have in a lot of ways we've we've compromised. You know, we've said. We don't. There's. There, it's twofold. Number one, it's it, we've compromised on our part to get a crowd, and so we say, if we 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 see success as a large crowd. So if we got a crowd, and if we're filling a gym, then we're successful, right? Mm. And so we say we've started a church. Well, not necessarily. And then secondly, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm-hmm. And so you can talk about discipleship, you can pound the discipleship drum, and you never stop doing that. But there's some people that just, for whatever reason, they they won't engage. You know, they won't mm-hmm. do it. And so the bottom line is, I said that to say this: Jesus has commanded us to go and make disciples. That's the bottom line. It's discipleship is not optional. It's not something that you say, "Well, I hope we can get around to that someday." You know, or I hope we can figure that out. I think about our journey when we when we started. We implemented stages pretty quickly, um, but you know, we we might not have. We didn't have a ton of experience. In when discipleship Matt says stages, it's a it's a you want to yeah yeah yeah. So is. stages is a is a discipleship um, format. Uh, we try to stay away from the word program, but I mean it's a process. Um, you know, it's it's a process created by a guy named Paul Johnson with the Canadian National Baptist Convention out in Cochrane uh, in Calgary, Alberta, and um, I, I love I love Paul. You know, Paul's. Um, Paul's as Canadian as they come, you know, but he's, he's just a great guy and he thinks very differently. And then Saba has taken stages and he has created it. He has put a lot of, um, uh, creativity to it and made it more applicable in a lot of what different ways. And it's just been amazing. And so you can actually go to our website. It's called disciplemakingstages.com and you can learn more about it, but it's the discipleship pathway that we use for the fellowships and what we promote. And what I think is so good about it, I don't want to get into a commercial for stages um, because I know that's not what today's about. But um, I think think what's so good about stages is that it allows people to self-assess. It allows people to tell us where they are spiritually, Mm -hmm. which is huge in our society. So typically what we've done is we've had a, uh, you're either with us or against us mentality. And you have to be with us first before we can teach you anything or help you grow. And what Stages operates from is a presupposition that we're all on a journey. Where are you right now on your journey from curious belief, disciple, disciple maker? And then there's a non-curious at the beginning and a lifelong servant at the end. Although we primarily just operate in those first four, those middle four. And it's a pathway through the head, hand, and heart, what people have to know, what they have to feel, what they have to do in order to grow, to become more like Jesus. And it's been a really good process for us, It's and it's what we've implemented at Fellowship Pickering, what the network mm-hmm. implements, and what we promote. And the churches that we plant in the future, it's what mm-hmm. they'll do. It's, 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 yeah. We require it now. Yeah. It, we don't feel like... 
there's so much good content out there, but we believe in this process. And we also don't feel like, you know, um, people, we don't feel like planners, you know, um, sometimes planners don't want to be told what to do, but Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, um, it's, it's good for us all to be doing it so we can become practitioners and help one another do it as leaders. Right. So, so yeah, that's stages in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, obviously, but we won't get into it. But, um, but you know, when we came, you know, we didn't really know like a lot. I mean, we had been in discipleship relationships, but we didn't really know how to describe it or define it. We were doing discipleship, um, as, as soon as we got here, we didn't know necessarily how to define it or describe it. And so we, Stages gave us some really good guardrails mm-hmm. to, to run on. I, I Rails that, to run on. I think that one of the reasons that personal discipleship is such a struggle is, you know, I think there's a lot of misunderstandings. Like, like number one, I think yeah. that, you know, people struggle to define, you know, what, they don't know what, what discipleship it is. is. Yeah. Um, I think that I know where my mind has always gravitated towards, like, if I were to have an image coming to my yeah. mind when you say discipleship, like, I yeah. think of two people sitting down across from each other at a coffee shop yeah. reading the Bible, right? Yeah. Like, so, you know, just kind of have, have having a conversation. There's no structure to it. It's like, hey, let's just sit down and read the Bible. Like, yeah. you know, that's the spiritual thing to do. You right. know, you don't need any, you know, programs or anything like that. And then um, I also think that people, uh, like, tend to look for the best material. Yeah. Like, like the way we'll get more effective discipleship is by finding the right material. Yeah. And we become so material focused rather than yeah. process focused, yeah. which is what stages is a, is a process. Yeah. And, you know, Sabo would, will, will always say like the material, as long as it's biblical, ultimately doesn't matter that much. It's true. Like we need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything that's biblical should be taught at some right. point to people. Right. But really, it's much more about the the rhythms, right? Like, yeah. like people become like Jesus as they begin to do the things yeah. that Jesus did yeah. and think the way, have the mind of Christ, think yeah. the way that Jesus thought, and to to have the heart of God, you know, to feel the way that that Jesus feels. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what the goal is, right? Yeah. So a typical meetup for us is roughly ninety minutes, you know. And when Jared talks about rhythms, we talk about you know. Um, looking back, uh, y- you know, looking up the lesson and looking forward to what God's asking us to do in obedience, right? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 like the rhythms of our life, I, I think, you know, we use the terminology, it's, it's, you know, are you a thinker? Are you a feeler? Are you a doer? And, and I, and, and the, when I look back on before we got into church planning, when I think about discipleship, you know, everything was thinker oriented, right? So, Everything that's that's where this big surplus of material is always coming. Life is always putting out something new, right? Mm-hmm. About discipleship, yep. and we think that we have, you know, like we think we have a content problem. If we just came up with a better content, then we would make disciples. We got content running out our ears. Yeah, that's not the issue. You yeah. know, we have morbidly obese spiritual people. You yeah. know, that, but they're not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that. You know what I what I do love about stages is it gives it helps people to see how God's wired them and how they need to grow because there are areas in our lives that will naturally come to us and how we operate but there's other areas of our life that are very challenging and you know that's part of those meetups to discuss and to deal with those things that are difficult yep. I, to, to me 
discipleship is always clearly defined as we want to become more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, the Holy Spirit does the sanctification process. He's the one who's making us more and more like Him. But the beauty of God's grace is that that's done in relationship. It's done with other people. And and when you get together with a disciple maker, then you have opportunity to share hurts. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity to to share difficulties and, and, and successes and celebrate with one another and all those kinds of things. And I, I really believe it's Satan's, it is Satan's joy to rob people mm-hmm. of discipleship relationships. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, part, uh, you know, some other things that, that really can kind of hold us back from having a flourishing personal discipleship and happening in our church plants is we tend to, associate personal discipleship with teaching. So kind of going back to that, you know, the material, right? Um, We have discipleship plans that, you know, require like going through a book together or, you know, like if you're going to sit down and read the Bible with somebody and you need to have, you know, at least some of the biblical background to be able to help like break down that passage for somebody. And so what happens is that uh, church planners especially will often find themselves as basically in their minds, the only capable disciple maker right. in their church, maybe their wife for the females, but yeah. uh, so they're the only capable disciple maker and they're frustrated because they need more disciple makers. And yet mm-hmm. they're also on the, on the other hand, not willing to tr- entrust right. disciples, the discipleship process to other people. Cause they're yeah. afraid of like, they're, they're honestly, they're afraid that like, others can't do it. Yeah. And that, you know, well, I can't entrust this, you know, person, this fragile, yeah. you know, person, you know, uh, to this guy over here. Yeah. Because Frank, you know, Frank just doesn't know the Bible well enough. Right. And so, you know, how yeah. can I entrust Frank to disciple yeah. you know, Jimmy, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So I think yeah. That, that happens quite a bit. Oh, most definitely. And I mean, and, and in that scenario, most, the majority of the time, you know, the leader will become, you know, the bottleneck. The leader will become the person who, doesn't allow discipleship to flourish in their church because they think that you have to be an expert. You know, listen, I mean, here's the reality. If we knew what the average, the the average Christian, if we knew how little they knew about the Bible, we probably wouldn't let them do much. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, we're, we're, we're all a work in progress, man. You know, we're all work in progress. The, the thing that I find a lot of, piece in that allows me to release people better is that you know the holy spirit is the greatest disciple maker of all time Mm -hmm. and if he lives in somebody then he can lead her he can lead him he can guide them far better than i can and so we have to be willing to allow him to do that when we start to take the the when we start to take the um the role of god in our church members lives then we're going to be in trouble. Mm. And I say this, I mean, like, there's a big difference between somebody that doesn't know a lot of the Bible, but that's willing and desires to know, and that will reach out to you and, and say, like, um, I need help with this person. Mm-hmm. Between that person and the other person that doesn't know a lot about the Bible, but pretends to, yeah, and um, pretends to know how to disciple and pretends to know, have all the answers and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. That's the person you want to watch for. That's the man or woman that's going to get you into trouble, Mm -hmm. you know, leader. So you have to, you have to, there are things you have to put into place, but yeah, I would say that. Yeah. 
I had somebody, I had a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago and they were basically expressing to me that, you know, the kind of the scenario that I was just talking about, about you know, um, I've got a lot of guys that I'm trying that, you know, are looking to me for discipleship yeah. and I'm spread thin. Yeah. What do I do? And so uh, essentially what I told him is I said, look, okay. So, you know, cause he was describing how there's some guys, you know, there's one in particular who he feels like is, is, is maturity wise like there he's ready to be a disciple yeah. maker like he's he wants to be a disciple maker yeah he's following jesus and feeding himself already mm-hmm. has a desire to feed others but then there's you know a couple other guys that maybe you know are like they're still like not learning how to pray and read the bible yeah. you know like they're still kind of early stages so i said you know and he's like and i don't i don't have time to meet all these guys and i said okay so what you need to do is you need to take we'll call this guy um um Drew, you know, the, yeah. the, the disciple. Yeah. And then we'll call the other two guys, um, Jim, Jimmy and Bobby. <laughs> Dude, I don't have to try- call them anything. Listen. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so, yes. okay, we don't have to call them anything. So I said, <laughs> Hey, take this guy. Yeah. What I want you to do is I said, you take the guy that's, yeah. you know, ready to, or close to being a disciple maker. And you yeah. tell him like, look, I'm going to meet with you and I meet, meet with this other guy yeah. who's, you know, a younger disciple and I'm going to teach you how to disciple him. Right. I'm going to meet with you guys for six weeks, yeah. eight weeks, and then I'm going to leave. Right. I'm going to pop smoke and I'm out of here and yeah. you get, you're going to take it from there. I'm going to show you and I'm, you know, I'm not just going to like, yeah. you know, abandon you. And like, if you ever have questions, right. like, sorry, I'm not picking up my phone. Of course right. you can be there for them, but you know, like put the training wheels on for six yeah. to eight weeks yeah. and then remove yourself from the situation. Now all mm-hmm. of a sudden you've multiplied yourself right. and you've killed two birds with one stone really, yeah. because now you're, you're lightening up your schedule to free yourself up more yeah. to take on new disciples of the future. And you've made another disciple maker. You just keep repeating that process over and over again, yeah. but you've got to be willing to entrust yeah. the, you know, the discipleship process and you've got to have a discipleship process that's reproducible, by the way, as well. Like, yeah, I think looking, uh, Saban talks a lot about this, and man, I really agree with it. And um, but, you know, I think, you know, if somebody is a stage ahead of the another person, like ultimately they can disciple that person. You yeah. know, they can help them. You know, and um, I mean, and this is this is where this is where elders and leadership come into play, right? Like this, mm-hmm. these are the things we, we quote unquote oversee. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we oversee the discipleship process. We oversee who are involved and, and who's engaged and all those kinds of things. And as they need counsel and as they need help, we intervene, we step in and we meet and we guide and we coach and all those kinds of things. But, you know, we're fooling ourselves. I mean, it's very messy. It's yeah. very messy. I think we just overcomplicate it. I man. think we like, do too. Like we've got, um, you know, we've got several new believers in our yeah. church right now, and I think about some of them, and and I've actually watched them. A lot of times, they don't even realize they're doing it, but they're discipling people, yeah. like in their home. So, for example, there's a there's one girl that you know came to faith not too long ago, yeah. and you know what she was doing was she'd go home and she'd start sharing uh, with a family member what the about the sermon, about what she yeah. was learning in the sermon. That's that's disciple because what she's sure. doing, she's taking, she's a little bit farther along yeah. than her family member, yeah. right? Yeah. And so she's just taking and showing her family member what she's just yeah. learned. I mean, that's basic discipleship. Yeah, she's just, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we overthink it. You know what I mean? Like we overthink it. We, um, you know, even us, we have to be careful sometimes because we have such a clear pathway. We have such a clear process. You know, we have to have we we can't put on blinders and think like. 
Well, if somebody's not in our pathway doing this, then they're not doing anything in regards to discipleship. Mm -hmm. What we have to do is we have to see what people are already doing and then help them to see the value of how we make disciples long term and then get them into that current, get them into that flow Mm -hmm. and then teach them those principles because it's, you can do a one-off thing, you know, you can help somebody do this or whatever, but if there's not a pathway Mm -hmm. to see them grow and to get to, to maturity in Christ and to help other people make disciples, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the big missing ingredient that uh, in discipleship and personal discipleship, you know, today is it's, it's the accountability of, you know, doing those rhythms yeah. of, of following Jesus. And what's, again, what's so great about that is that you do not have to have a theology degree to do yeah. it. You don't have to have an extensive knowledge of yeah. the Bible. What you do need is to read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so pray like if, so if you've got somebody who's a, you know, a younger believer, as long as they're doing those things that they're yeah. being obedient, if they're beginning to like, Hey, you know, like they're reading the Bible, they're feeding themselves, yeah. they're praying, you know, they're, they're making disciples. So like they're, they're being faithful to yeah. testify to God's work in their life whenever they uh, get an opportunity, yeah. like then they can show, all they have to do is go, Hey, I'm going to show you now somebody who's beh- a little bit behind them on that yeah. journey. I'm going to show you how to do what I'm doing right now. Right. So I'm praying, you know, or I'm, you know, uh, I'm reading my Bible here. Let me show you how I read my Bible. Yeah. And there's tools out there. Like that's, what's great about stages is that you know, there's, we've got tools, um, you know, on disciplemakingstages.com. Like if you've got a new believer who comes to you and says, I have no idea how to pray right, yeah. right now. I just feel like I'm talking to the wall. Yeah. I don't know what to say. And I just freeze. What do I do? Right. What are you going to tell somebody like that? Exactly. Um, have you ever thought about how you'd answer that question? Yeah. Are you going to launch into a 20 minute sermon? That's going to be very complicated and they're going to have a tough time. Like, or like a great tool that we would teach like somebody who's a brand new believer is we'd say, Hey, just do STP. Sorry. Thank you, please. Yeah. Right. So sorry. So, you know, confess your sins, just, you know, think yeah. through about, you know, your week and, and maybe ask God to yeah. forgive you. Thank you. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for the food he's giving you. Yeah. Thank God for your family. And then please tell God what you need. Yeah. Uh, ask God, uh, tell God what other people in your life, yeah. need. you know, like just a super simple tool to give a new believer. Yeah. And so, like those things are things that you can be training disciples and then you could teach your disciples yeah. to train others under them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, I, what you said earlier, I want to go back to, mm-hmm. we, we overcomplicate things and we make things, I mean, I, I look back and I've been in ministry for, gosh, going on 20 years now. And I look back on our ministry and I think about how much, how much there has been expert teaching student mindset or mentality. And in some scenarios that's necessary, it's needed. You have to have that right in all of our lives. But if you're talking about movement and if you're talking about wanting to start more churches and multiplying churches and all these kinds of things, you have to have a model in place. You have to have a process in place where everybody can jump into the pool and swim. Not just the pros. Mm-hmm. You know, you get onto one of those Olympic pools, like in the, our, our kids, they, um, we, I took them swimming last week and, um, you know, I took all of them, all four of them. And, you know, Kate's mm-hmm. in there and she's like, Daddy, I got a, you got my life jacket? You got my life, put my life jacket on, you know, and she's got her life jacket on. And the boys are out there swimming and they got a certain band where they can swim everywhere. 
Well, they gave Sienna this band too, our eight-year-old. And so she's swimming in the beginning, you know, everywhere and stuff. And, and so the lifeguard's keeping an eye on her. And she comes over to me and she says, the lifeguard says, um, is this your daughter? And I said, yeah. And she said, um, she's going to have to take a swim test in order not to be with an arm's length to you. And so I said, okay, no worries. You know, well, we've had her in swim lessons for a while. So man, growing up in the country, like I told my wife, like, I don't get the whole like swim lesson thing. Like I don't ever remember not knowing how to swim. I think like my uncle threw me in the pond when I was like two and you just figured out. Right. <laughs> but like, um, Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma, but, course. but you know, like, um, but she took, they, they, she took this swim test and she couldn't do it. Hmm. She tried and tried and tried and couldn't do it. And I thought, oh man, it's such a great illustration. Like what, what if you had, uh, instead of all the multicolored armbands, what if you had one armband for people in your church and like everybody got to make disciples, mm -hmm. like everybody. And you know, what about the lost people? Well, what about lost people that are curious about the gospel in a way? Could they disciple non-curious people to become curious? Yeah. Would we say they're a disciple maker? No. Would we say they're a faithful follower of Jesus? No. But we have a process to help that curious person come to take a step into growing their faith to become a believer and mm -hmm. then a disciple and a disciple maker. And my whole point in just sharing that illustration is I think, you know, disciple making is for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's for everyone. It's not this exclusive club of professional pastors and paid ministers yeah. who went to seminary. You know, I mean, I, I, the more, I, God's doing something weird, and I don't want to derail us, but God's doing something weird in my life right now as I'm getting older, and I, I'm reading the Bible from a different lens. Mm. And I'm, see, I, I, I'm just seeing where I always saw a lot of structure and formality. I'm seeing the lines blur a little bit and how I see things and how I think like for, I'll give you an example, Mark seven. I'm, I'm reading through Mark seven yesterday and we did our family for worship time, you know, verses one through 23. It's when Jesus comes back and, and he's with, um, he'd been doing some healing and stuff and he comes back and he's with his disciples and the Pharisees and scribes are there and they're like, like they didn't even wash their hands. Like they're, they didn't even wash their hands. And Jesus like freaks out on them. Right. And Jesus is like, dude, Isaiah was right about you guys, you know? And you worship in vain. You're not the real deal. And eventually Jesus says, it's the heart that matters. Yep. What you eat, you eat, you poop out, whatever. <laughs> but he said, um, that's a message translation. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's the heart of the matter. Where, you know, I would read that as a young preacher and try to like formulate a systematic sermon. And it's just like, no, it's the heart. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all he's saying. He's saying, these people, you're you're more concerned with your rules than my law. Mm -hmm. You're you you're more concerned with what you think is right, mm -hmm. and that's where we are with discipleship. You know, we have these rules. We have all these rules in the church. You can't disciple that person. You 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 don't know enough about this theological perspective. You know what? If, and then and then we and then Satan puts Satan gives us all these strange, weird false scenarios in our mind. Well, what if they ask something about the end times? Well, what if they do? But guess what? I don't know half of I've been in misery 20. I don't know half the stuff about the end times. Yep. Who does? Yeah. We we had a girl from you know? a newer believer from our church come over and wanted to talk. She said, I have some questions about first Thessalonians. And I was thinking, okay, you know, it might have something to do with like resurrection. Work. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking too much about it. And she comes over and she's like, um, she's like, so I've been reading revelation also. And just like, what, 
like, what are the different interpretations? I was like, oh God. I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think about this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I was like fumbling through trying to act like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I kind of, you know, cause like I've, I've, you know, I could I give you a rudimentary like explanation right. of amillennial or whatever, but right. I, like Jesus is coming back. That's yeah. that's all that matters to me. It's but. it's it's not that it's not that these things are. And we don't want our listeners to think, oh gosh, these guys don't even value the Bible. It's not that we don't. You know me. Yeah, I don't it, care it's, about the Bible. it's not that we're not. It's not that we're saying these things are unimportant it, right. because that's not it. Nope. But when we talk about discipleship, you you have to start to eliminate some things. You have to start to tear down some barriers, mm-hmm. and. Excuse me. One of those barriers is what we're talking about. That that well, I don't know enough. Well, I mean, if you're, you, you might know more than the person behind you. And that's all that matters. Do you know more than the person? Behind Do you know you? more than the person behind you? You know, and right. and are you teachable? If you're teachable, we're going to help you learn. We're going to help you grow. We're going to help you become who Christ has called you to be. You know, we we're at the men's retreat, and Saba dropped a line in our hearts, and it was just so good. You know, and he said. You know, it's God's destiny that we make disciples. For every, for every Christ follower, it's his destiny that we make disciples. And that's just always, that's just stuck with me the past couple of weeks. And I believe that. It's yeah. it's our destiny, man. We have to do this. It's it's not an option. And um, and we have to help, we have to help people see that they can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, for church planners, like, I'm, you know, not, not to... I don't want to try to like come down too hard on church players, but I think that we also just need to like face the the honest truth that like if you've got other living, breathing human beings in your church, yeah, and you are and you feel like you're the only disciple maker yeah. in the church, you're the bottleneck right now. Right. Like it's on you. Like you've got to empower people to make disciples. Yeah. Like they, like if there are other people who have the spirit of God inside of them, yeah. unless you're the only Christian in your church, yeah. then you've got other people that can make disciples. And yeah. you've just got to realize that, that like, okay, they might not be where you are maturity wise. They may have their warts and stuff like that, but they, they know more than somebody behind them. Yeah. And so you've got to be willing to empower them. You've got yeah. to be willing to bring discipleship down to the level of where it's supposed to be. You know, Jesus, yeah. you know, I feel like he bends over backwards in the gospels to try to make us understand that this is for little children, that this yeah. is not for the wise and understanding, but God has revealed these things to little children. And like that includes discipleship. It doesn't yeah. just include the gospel. It's the whole of the Christian life. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm realizing as I've grown as a preacher is that I, I, for a while was kind of, I would get a little bit frustrated because I felt like, man, I just feel like I'm saying the same things a lot in yeah. all of my sermons. Like my points are the same. And like, obviously the gospel every week, you know, yeah. uh, is supposed to be in your sermon. Right. But one of the things I've realized is that, yeah, because if you're faithfully exegeting the text yeah. every single time, there's not a bunch of new stuff that hasn't been uncovered in the Bible. Yeah. The Bible is essentially, it's giving us the same messages over and over again because we're sheep. Yes. Because we're prone to wonder because yeah. we're dumb. Yes. And we need that correction constantly. Yeah. And so God gives us stories and parables yes. and poetry and commands right. and the law, all these different avenues that mm-hmm. God gives to direct us to the basic simple fact that we were made by him yes. to know him and we need to trust him and obey him. Yeah. And, and, and discipleship is simply a process of learning to do that yeah. and helping others who are behind you learn to do the same. And yeah. it's really That's not it. much more complicated. That's it, man. You know, I, I, I've had the same, I've had the same 
struggle. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was younger, I would preach sermons and I thought, you know, man, I keep saying the same thing, you know, and a, a lot of the old preachers will say, uh, I was talking to a guy one time and we were talking about a mutual friend and that kind of bounced around the ministries, you know, and I think the guy is more like ap apostolic evangelist than he realized, you know, but my friend is saying, you know, um, my friend was saying, you know, he runs out of soap and he moves on to the next church. And uh, I guess it's like an old time expression and um, basically saying like he doesn't know what else to preach, mm -hmm. you know. And I've always respected guys that have like long tenured ministries that like preach through books and, and all those kinds of things. But even if you listen to those guys, I mean, like you listen to John Piper, John McCarty, whatever, they still have like dominant themes that yeah. are there every week, man. Yeah. And I think, you know, the cross never gets old. I, I shared at the men's retreat, you know, when I first started preaching, I had a guy, an older guy say to me, he said, you know, when you're preaching, if you ever get lost, just head to Calvary. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, the cross, the gospel is present in every sermon. But it's, man, you know, from the Old Testament prophets to John on the island at Patmos, it's, it's one message. Mm -hmm. It's one theme. Mm -hmm. You know, God is... God loves us so much, He sent His Son Jesus to die for our mm -hmm. sins. Yep. And if we give our lives to Him and if we trust in Him on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. then we can have the abundant life. Right. We can we can have joy and, and, and fruit. We can bear fruit for His glory and His goodness and spend eternity with Him. And, and you know, we have to, we have to help, we have to help people get God's vision for their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, that's personally, like if you were to ask me, what does discipleship mean? Discipleship, like we said earlier, discipleship is helping people to become more like Christ. You know, that's what I would say. But personally in my heart, it's always been, I want to help them get to where God wants them to be. Mm -hmm. I want I want to help them capture God's vision for their lives. The thing about discipleship that, that I love, you know, and um, I love it when they get it. I love to see the joy in their eyes when there's mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. You know, the we have a friend, Troy Cooper, who always says joy comes, joy always follows obedience. Mm -hmm. I love that quote because it's so true, you know. We, we live in a, a joy-deprived world, and joy will always follow obeying Jesus, mm -hmm. um, regardless of how we feel. Yep. So, yeah, man, it's... It's the number one thing. We got to help people see that they were designed to do this That's and right. they can do it. That's right. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Yes, sir. Let's do it. So, uh, hey, well, thank you. We'll talk more about this. Yeah, we will. Um, we need to have Sabah on again. And Absolutely. He's way smarter than both of us. Absolutely. So we'll have him on to talk some more about this. That. Um, and hey, if you guys are interested in learning more about stages and that discipleship path or process, Again, like we were saying, it's not a silver bullet. It's honestly just a framework within which you can, it just gives you a pathway. Um, and so you can go to disciplemakingstages.com uh, or you can email my, Matt or myself. Um, you can go to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com and you can find our contact info there. And if you got questions for us, we'd be happy to, to share with you uh, how we implement that in our churches and <clears throat> how we're equipping our people to do personal discipleship. I uh, want well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of In the Trenches. Make sure that uh, you jump onto iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, what have you, and hit that subscribe button um, every time you do that. Uh, and also, if you leave a written review, if you haven't done that yet, could you leave a written review? We haven't. Why had, haven't you? We haven't had a good written review. I was going to do it. So 
Yeah, who's going to do it? Um, uh, the Lord is watching, so I hope that <laughs> His eyes <laughs> on the listener. So, hey, um, if you haven't left a written review, that would really help us out because it just helps when people search church planning podcasts, uh, ours will pop up. Uh, and we want to get this podcast into the hands of people so that it can help them. We really just want to be a, a, a podcast by everyday church planners for the everyday church planner. Um, so we want to be able to help people uh, learn from uh, what we're doing uh, on a daily basis uh, and just share what we're, what God's teaching, what God is teaching us. Mm-hmm. So we'd appreciate it if you do that. Uh, well, we'll be back next Monday with another episode. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Thank you.